Why did you get a veterinarian? Well, I didn't think his religion would make any difference. Hello, hello, and welcome to this special edition of the Laurel and Hardy podcast. I'm Patrick Vasey, your host for the next hour, and on today's show, I have the great pleasure of bringing you the inside track on the upcoming Blu-ray release of Laurel and Hardy's 1927 Silent Shorts. Joining us from Paris to bring us up to date and let us know what we can expect from this long-awaited set is the man behind the painstaking restoration process, Serge Bromberg from Lobster Films. And if this isn't enough to whet your appetite for this release, then nothing will. Before we join Serge, uh, I need to say a massive thank you to the following people who have signed up on Patreon to become patrons of the podcast over the last month. So welcome aboard and thank yous go to Matthew Cooper, Barry Jones, Dennis Prather, Mark Stanton, Matt Mumper, Kurt Gardner, Randy Scretvet, Gaz Douglas, Cody Regenitor and Graham Whale. So huge thank yous to all of you. Now, all of these patrons now have exclusive access to extra podcasts featuring guests such as, uh, well, such as the aforementioned Randy Scrapvet, in fact, uh, Steve Masser as well, Richard Ban. Uh, there's a video episode on there with actor Jeffrey Wiseman. And brand new this month is a Q&A session with today's guest, Serge Bromberg, where patrons had the chance to submit their questions about the new Blu-ray set. Um, and you can also hear which film Serge chose to banish to Bogeyland. Now, if you'd like to get access to this extra content, there are just two tiers of membership. For just £3 a month, you could become... Just one of the lower elements. And this gets you access to all the library of exclusive content, with new posts added each month. Or, you could do what most people have been doing and join the higher tier. And that is, for just £5 a month, you could join... And this also gives access to the extra podcasts, but it also entitles you to a gift subscription to the Laurel and Hardy magazine that Russ Babbage and I produce. Um, And also you'll get invitations to submit questions to guest Q&A sessions as we've done with Serge today. Uh, I'm also planning to invite Plumtree members to sit in and watch uh, occasional live podcast recordings too. All the details can be found at patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, patreon.com. And when you're on the site, just search Laurel and Hardy Podcast, and that's Laurel and Ampersand Hardy. Or, of course, you could just click the link in the podcast show notes. Everything raised from the Patreon supporters directly helps to support this podcast, and it really does help to keep us going. And so with all that said, let's pop over to Paris and meet today's special guest. I'm very excited to say that joining me on this special bonus episode of the Laurel and Hardy podcast is the man behind such fabulous Blu-ray and DVD restorations, uh, such as the Masters of Cinema series, including wonderful restorations of many of Buster Keaton's classic comedies, and also, of course, the recent Laurel or Hardy Blu-ray from 2021. It is, of course, Serge Bromberg from Lobster Films. So welcome to the Laurel and Hardy podcast, Serge. Hello, Patrick. I'm very honoured to be with you and uh, discuss Laurel and Hardy. It's always a pleasure. 
Oh, wonderful. It's great to have you with us, Serge. I've been looking forward to this for some time, actually. Um, I did think about trying to get you on when you released the other one, but I know you went on to the, the silent comedy watch party with Ben Modell yeah. and Steve Massey. And I thought, course. well, he's, he's kind of done that now with Rob, so that's, <laughs> that's fine. There's no need to repeat it. I'll leave him alone. But I've, I've grabbed you first this time, so I'm really, really thrilled. Um, so what I'd like to do, Serge, if we can just start off with, is just have, I, I like to ask all my guests about your earliest memories of Laurel and Hardy, if you can remember them, um, and how you got into classic film, how you got into Laurel and Hardy yes. comedies, and, and take it from I, there. I That'd have be the great. best answer you, you ever heard. Oh, um, I love it. I'm all ears. I was, I was about five, and my nanny brought me to the cinema with my sister, was one year younger, and we were to see Fred Diavolo. Uh, uh, the feature film right. and uh, so we, we went to a cinema but for some kind of reason she made a mistake and we ended up arriving in a cinema where the film that was played was Kama Sutra obviously oh. it's not at all <laughs> style of uh, Fradiavolo and of course there was no picture in the theater and when she found out she, she was fairly old and she told me well told us sorry there will be no film today because uh, I picked the wrong cinema and I said, well, Nanny, uh, you know, we don't care so much about what film we're going to watch. I mean, Lauren Hardy or Kama and Sutra. I mean, we don't care. We just want to watch a film. And, yeah. and so, of course, we didn't see Kama Sutra. And so my first encounter with Lauren Hardy was an encounter, an experience of frustration. Right. And, uh, right. and of course, if you ask me of my favorite uh Laurel and Hardy feature film, it's definitely Fra Diavolo for that reason and many others. But that one, I mean, it took me a while before I could watch the film. Right, right. Okay. So you so you you hadn't seen Laurel and Hardy before you went to try and see Fra Diavolo? Well, not not as much as I can remember. I guess yes. They were probably at that time, you know, they were on television. I'm not that young. And uh so television was in black and white at the time, and black and white was not a, a, a problem for broadcast. So uh, we would watch those films. They were hilarious, and our parents had seen those films when they were kids. So they liked to share those memories with their own kids, and uh, they were literally passing the experience of uh, yes. the boys. Yes, I mean, that, that is often the way with all, all my guests, actually, and including myself. It's, it's yeah, always the, the, the mother of the... Usually the father, actually, that seems to pass it down. Yeah, you know, th there was some kind of strangeness to Lauren Hardy because it's something you, you can't realize, but in French... Uh, Lauren Hardy uh, had this issue with dialogue. Uh, how how would they become, how would they start speaking at the time when there was no dubbing? So they had this uh, idea of bringing, you know, like secondary uh, supporting actors who would be French, German, Spanish, and so on. But Laurel and Hardy had to be themselves. So they would read phonetically the text over the camera and of course their their speaking was dreadful so when they invented dubbing which is about two years later uh it was too late laurel and hardy had an english accent so they asked french actors and french dubbing actors to fake the english accents just to match laurel and hardy's voice and they started so in france Laurel et Hardy, they speak impal en anglais, en avec un gros accent. <laughs> and and, uh, and th that brought some kind of strangeness to their uh, uh, yeah. couple. That was really strange. <laughs> I loved it. That was great. So have, have you seen, because I think the, aren't the, French, the French phonetic versions of the films are quite rare yeah. to find, aren't they? Yeah. Well, not that, rare, not that rare. I mean, Les Carotiers is here with the Laughing Gravy and Big Big. 
Uh, there's one or two that are missing. I mean, but, you know, they have, of course, super rare scenes yeah. uh, that are cut. And, of course, you, you hear their voice and you hear their specific jokes. So, but I'm, I'm not that as specific as you would be right. to go to searching for all of those phonetic versions. Right. Uh, uh, Kirsch Benatoris has done that in the 90s. Uh, I mean, uh, Stefan Drössler from Munich and uh, Dick Ban in the US mm. have worked together trying to find all the material. And it's quite likely that at some point, some missing uh, versions will pop up. Yeah. Uh, but of course, it will be disappointing. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with what we have already. Right. So, so do you, you know, obviously as a French speaker, native speaker, are, are they disappointing to, to watch? When the boy, you mean when, the, the, when, when the dubbed boys, version? You no, know, when the boys are speaking phonetic, uh, the, the phonetical version. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, because they, of course, their acting is is dreadful. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, they 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 read, yes. they don't understand what they say. So even if they have played the the scene already yeah. in English, they uh, their reading is terrible, which is why they redubbed uh, for the films of the thirties and twenty nine ninety. 30 and 31 right. they redubbed the english versions with the uh, french actors oh, right. okay. so that after a while that those versions are the only ones available that's really interesting because i know i've read when i've read about the phonetic versions um and you know hal roach was sort of trying to see how how they were getting um how well received they were they seem to be going down a storm and we get always reports that oh the people are laughing when they shouldn't be laughing because you know they're laughing at the the pronunciation and, and, and the way they yes. and the way they speak yeah because you know on the set actually the only people who spoke french were the supporting actors yeah. waiting in, in, by the camera to step in and do the french version uh but of course while they were they probably did many attempts yeah. And probably Lauren and Holly were exhausted because they had to do the Italian yeah. and German yeah. and Spanish and everything. So it, it must have been quite a, uh, yeah, a feat. It's an incredible achieve. feat. It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's that's great. Okay. So, um, so, so, when did you start to get into film restoration, Serge? How did you sort of realize that was your path? Well, I, I never, I never got into film restoration really. I mean, I was a collector when I was ten already because okay. VHS did not exist, and the only way to watch films was to accumulate uh, Super 8 or eight or nine point five material, mm -hmm. which is what I did. My parents bought me a few films, and I showed the films to my friends, which brought me some kind of popularity, <laughs> and uh, and especially with the young women. <laughs> <laughs> and my name is. Uh... Alice. Alice. My mother's name was Alice. Ah. Your mother's name wasn't Alice. That was her second name on my father's side. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I went on. And then I realized that that's what I loved. And... Um, I started to to collect films on, more seriously, and then I realized that all the versions of those films I could get were terrible, or let's say at least mediocre, and that it could be improved. And so uh, I I became interested in technicalities and how to restore a film and basically how to find the film because most of the time the films uh, do not survive in good shape because they do not survive in good shape at all. Uh, the original material does not survive. When you see the restorations they, they made in the 90s, 
1990 uh, with between uh, uh, Hallmark in or RHI in America and uh, Benatoris in 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 Europe uh, they did their best they spent millions of of dollars and the result in the end is dreadful for many films because that's all they could find. Yes. Course, yeah. If you're working with a bad source material, but yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's also something you know. There's no lost films. It's there's people who don't know what to find or what to search. And uh, after uh, I'm I'm say a few years of searching, uh, I know at least people who also have been searching for a while, and that's what what I want to focus on. Uh, that uh, Lauren Hardy silent film project is a teamwork. Uh, I never could have done this with uh, a, a few, let's say the usual suspects in the Lauren Hardy field of uh, collecting, finding material expertise. Uh, I mean, literally everyone, and I will not name names here, but any name you can think of, well, if you can, if you can think of him, is probably on the list. Uh, uh, so it, it took three years and uh, that started by intensively searching and of course, uh, you search, you search, you search. And at some point you say, all right, that's all we will get. So we can start restoring from what we have in our hands. And then, of course, once the restoration is over, you find a better element <laughs> that literally cancels everything you've done so far. And you have to do it again. It's enough to make a man burst out crying. Which is exactly what happened for With Love and Hisses. For that film, we tried to to find 35, which did not survive at all. There was a short clip at the Library of Congress. Then uh, after showing Duck Soup in Pordenone, I think it was four or five years ago, uh, the uh, a guy uh, from uh, Poland, uh, Fina, came to me and said, I think we have a dupe neg of that film in Nitrate 35. What? <laughs> and you have... Soup in, in 35, and yes, so uh, he, he called me back a few weeks later and said, Not only would you have this, but we have with love and hisses. All right, we, we scanned everything in, in, in Poland, we brought everything to Paris, and and then we restored like crazy. And when we had finished with the dupnag of uh, with love and hisses, we realized that, uh, well, shortly before the whole thing was over, uh a 35 mil uh, nitrate print of much, much better quality popped up in England. And so uh, we used that. And the result is night and day. You don't believe me. Yes, I don't believe. So that's probably one of the step of the restoration of a film. You store it once, then you realize it's it, it, it was useless. But that one step brings you to the next yes, one, I've which got is yeah. final restoration. Yes, yeah, it sort of, yeah, it flies the flag for the, the whole project for you, yeah, and attracts more yeah. people, of course. That's fantastic. Well, I mean, talking about the duck soup one, you know, I mean, you obviously were very kind to share um, the duck yeah, soup restoration, and that was just phenomenal. You know, yeah. I, 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 had, I couldn't resist doing a side-by-side -side comparison, um, and it's like the old version is like looking through a dirty keyhole and it's just, that's exactly what it is. See any of the edges, but, and yeah, it's just wonderful restoration. You see, there's another issue. Uh, to what extent do you restore a film? Mm. Uh, and that's what I always say that film experts know uh, where to stop in restoration. So there are things that we have not removed, like little defects and things like this. But there's also something 
This is the only film for which we use the English release titles. Okay. It is not the actual Hal Roach American release titles because we don't have them. We don't know what they looked like. So instead of, of copying unauthentic titles and faking the American version, we said, okay, at least we have something authentic. It is the UK version of the time. And uh, we also could find out that that UK version had censored scenes. And for some kind of reason, uh, most of those censored scenes did survive in a short fragment that we could find in America. Right, right. And in those scenes, we have the original Harrods titles, which is why when you watch the film, you have uh, uh, English release titles, and all of a sudden you have Agnes, and the, the type font is different. Right, okay. My God, she's raw. And, and that's <laughs> yeah. also is, is different because that's from the censored scene and we got it from America. Yes. So it, you see our restoration is, let's say, some people would say it's incomplete. Actually, it's factually very complete and much more accurate than anything uh, some uh, uh, gifted uh, restore amateur would do. We, we, we work academically. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't can't wait for this set. We'll move on to the Laurel and Hardy set shortly, Serge, because obviously this is the main topic yeah. of conversation. I just want to take you back a couple of years to 2021, um, just over my shoulder there. Laurel or Hardy, the Blu-ray and yeah. DVD release uh, came out. An absolutely fantastic set. Um, you know, it, it is essential for all Stan and Babe fans. I've got no you know hesitation yeah. in saying that. Um now, am I right in thinking you spent 30 years finding and restoring those those films? Well, I didn't spend 30 years. I'm a big fan of Stan Laurel's solo comedy. Right. Because, first of all, he was a genius, that we all know. Plus, the how he built his character from the trade of, uh, you know, the vaudeville in England and how Chaplin went directly to stardom and how Stan Laurel did not mm. and tried many ways and and the same jokes, the same way of acting and moving. It's really, really interesting. So uh, I, I always, I mean, I've been collecting Stan Laurel solo stuff for 30, now 40 years probably. And every time I could find something, I would preserve it on 35. Uh, and so we have a unique resource, basically everything that it, that does survive, I guess we have. Uh, and on this, at the same time, uh, Rob Stone has been working on on mostly Oliver Hardy. Uh, you know, he wrote that uh, uh, blue book, oh, yes. uh, the, the uh, solo comedies of Lauren Hardy, yeah. which is absolutely absolutely stunning. And I remember uh, in the eighties, uh, he found my name. I don't know how. And at the time, we had done transfers of many many films that did not exist anywhere else on VHS, and I sent him. A, a whole set of seven or eight three-hour VHS, which was the longest you could get. And I stuffed it with every Stan Laurel comedy I could find. <laughs> and, and, and he thought, who's that guy in France? I give him a call. Yeah. Uh, there were no emails at the time. And like a few weeks later, I received seven tapes with all the films I've never seen of Stan Laurel. Wow. I mean, that guy must be nuts. 
and so we've been friends forever since then. And of course, when the idea of of uh, revisiting uh, Stan Laurel or Oliver Hardy, which we had already done, and many people had done it, but on a lesser way, you know, rather everything they could grab or put their hands on, they would they would, they would release. Now we really did the the la creme de la creme. Research is essential. Booklet is wonderful. Explorations are stunning. So that's we wanted to give them uh, uh, credit and 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 tribute for the films they had done and try to have those films not look like old wrecks. Yes, absolutely. And that is, I think, that is one of the things I really appreciated about that set is that it doesn't it doesn't try to be something that it's not. The front cover is definitely for them from their solo periods, whereas a lot of these, you know, the cheaper versions that you get, they they try to present them as Laurel and Hardy, you know, and, and, and you you don't know what. Yeah, you're of course, about. that's not at all what we wanted to do. Yeah. We're exact. Actually, we didn't know we, we would work one day on Laurel and Hardy Year One, nineteen twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. But obviously, we were going there, yeah. and and uh, because we had been celebrating the the boys in their solo careers for so many years it was like a you know like a when you pl- when you dive in the swimming pool yeah. like it's before diving you you take a, a last step so the last step was to take care once and for all of laurel or hardy yeah. films yeah not trying to pretend they were films of the team that's right that's right no it was a, it's a, a fabulous set uh, as I say, I certainly recommend anybody pick that one up if they don't have it already, which they should do by now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Flickr Alley also. Yes, the same, in- the same yeah. company. That's right. Yeah, so we're looking forward to the new one. Um, so can you just explain a little bit about the challenges of, of putting that set together? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there will be some uh, crossovers challenges of finding this. But with these films being even earlier and older and more yeah. obscure, did that present a bigger challenge to put that together? Well, you know, that's very bizarre because sometimes you would find a super rare film in great quality and that would take care of it right away. Yeah. Sometimes you would need to assemble two, three, four different prints and and uh, just for reconstruction's sake. So uh, there's no bigger challenge than trying to make a complete set about something. Yeah. Uh, uh, here in the 1927 uh, uh, release, so... The Lauren Hardy year one, uh, our idea was to, of course, uh, uh, gather all the films they shot in 1927, plus, of course, the very few before and, you know, like a few extras, uh, but in, in the best possible quality. Now, first of all, how do you deal with hats off? Uh, so in, in, in the first place, we thought, well, the only way to deal with it is to find it. Uh, and guess what? We didn't find we didn't. it. Yeah, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, thought we, I think we might have heard if you had. Yes, that's good. That's a, that's a shame. That is a shame. Yeah, but Randy Scredvet was so has a, such a stunning collection of steals mm. uh, of the film that we have a, a short reconstruction, of course, or whatever can be shown. Many people have attempted to do that. Yes, yeah. uh, but we have also promo steals. We see all the the, the buses and and the posters and the, the cinemas covered yes. with hats off promotion. I mean those those steals. Maybe you know them. I did not. And and uh, you know I lo- I love to think that there's something more to discover yeah. in 1927. And 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 furthermore, that is quite likely to be a very very good film. Yes, especially when you think of Music Box. Yeah. So it's it's really. Uh, 
super great. And I'm absolutely sure that I will find hats off or someone will find hats off at some point. You know, who would have thought that in 2015, uh, John Marcellus would discover the real two of, of Battle of the Century? Right. No one. So um, is there somewhere? That's, yes, that's good. I mean, one of the questions uh, one of our listeners has sent in is exactly that, you know, having scoured the globe for all of these films, you, so you, you do think Hats Off is going to be found at some point? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I always say that my favourite discovery is the next one. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's quite possible that the next one will be Hats Off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's one sure thing. Uh, Laurel and Hardy are quite recognizable. I mean, every idiot in any archive will know <laughs> well, uh, and Hardy. So if you, he will match, uh, check and everything. And if hats off, it's, it's somewhere, yeah. it will be discovered. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm absolutely sure of that. Yeah, fingers crossed. Oh, I hope you're right. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, brilliant. Okay, so let's let's move on then to the to the new Blu-ray set. Uh, so it's Laurel and Hardy Year One, the newly restored 1927 Silence. God, it's exciting just even talking about the title. Yeah, yeah, it's great stuff. I mean, <laughs> you know, I can't believe it's here. No, I can imagine. I can well imagine. Um, so let's talk about the contents of the set. Um, so we ha we're starting with Lucky Dog, 1921. Yes. So we're starting with Lucky Dog. Uh, we re-restored the films from the best elements. Uh, we could find uh, it's looking great. Uh, it has the opening right. that we got from uh, uh, from Denmark, and it has one minute uh, of of film that has never been seen before in the middle. Wow! Okay, uh, and that we present in the world premiere. Is that the dog? Uh, is that inside the dog show? It is inside the dog is it, show. Okay, brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. And uh, and it, it, which was restored from the original 16 mil diacetate mm -hmm. tinted tinted negative Lovely. from a fellow collector who has been uh, super nice to to trust us and send us the the, the film. I must admit then that uh, he he wrote me a note. Actually, we discovered that clip existed about four weeks ago. Look! Look what I found. So the film was already already done and and. Uh, and I, I, I wrote him and I said, well, we, we, we must have that. Yeah. We, we definitely must have that. Yeah. And he answered to me, well, you know, I've been willing to restore the film myself, but it's, it's been 15 years. And well, considering what you've done for the Lauren Hardy silent, I guess you're going to do the best possible for the sound. Yeah. So uh, just credit my name and I send you the film and thank you for what you're doing. That, that is such a commitment and that gives me the respect. Us, the responsibility of doing fine. Yes, I think we. Do. Yes, yeah, that's really great. And, and I, yeah. I've got to say, I mean, I'm I'm you know, currently working on uh, my book, Laurel and Hardy Silence, and yeah. the spirit of sort of collaboration uh, between collectors has just been so wonderful. Um, yeah. You know, because it's it's quite hard to go to somebody and say, "Would you let us have that very precious thing from your collection that you've spent however much money to obtain?" And but it's just been well, so forthcoming. It's been wonderful. You know, when you find films, uh, at least what well, maybe you're not and you want to possess and be the only one yeah, to have. Yeah. But I mean, those guys are rarer and rarer, and that's good. Uh, the 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 next the second thing when you find a film, the second question that comes up is, whom am I going to show it to? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, so it's always the same usual suspects. And when at some point you find the right spot, 
the right moment, the right place, then you think, well, I'm I'm proud. It's it's I found it. I I gave my my stone my I did my part. So um, yes, that's that's what happened. That's lovely. It's funny. I mean, I was talking to um, my colleague Russell, and we we, we talked quite a lot about the, the things that we're putting together, and you know this this book project, and trying to get as much stuff in there to to celebrate the silent films, like the lobby cards, the posters, everything, the the marketing, anything we can find. We, we want to put it in there. Um, and you're kind of thinking to yourself, you know, in twenty years' time, what is the interest in Laurel and Hardy going to be? Because a lot of people, you know, no one's getting any younger, and unless we start to introduce it in good quality to people, no, who's going to hey, who's going to be left? You know, what? when 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 you go to Benatoris or uh, uh, Chicken Soup, what's the name of the American owner? Chicken of Soup the for the Soul, yeah. yeah. No one knows anything about Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. They don't care, and they regard those silent films, our silent black and white stuff. I mean, value is zero. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? So uh, that's you know. That's what happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, big artists become forgotten and then they come back and people, and then all, all of a sudden they become eternal. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Buster Keaton has had its days of, of uh, uh, eclipse mm. and then Rohauer came back. And even if he was a crook, at least he gave uh, a good end of life to Buster. Yes. And and um, there's something else when, when you think of of Charlie Chaplin, he had the opportunity of buying the SNA and mutual comedies that he had produced, yeah. and he didn't buy them. I mean, he had mountains of money; he could he was like doing this, but he didn't buy them. Bec- why? Because he thought they were old, disposable, uh, um, yeah, old fashioned. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, correct. Probably in twenty years. Lauren Hardy will be still regarded as slow editing, mm. always doing the same stuff, mm. uh, which does not happen with the silent films, because silent films is another world. Yes, a world of pantomime, a world when you can't hear a sound, so you have to show everything that's happening. So for people who watch those films, there's a strange feeling of what are these guys doing? <laughs> uh, well, they are doing a trade that is lost, which is like mimic yes. uh you know, like uh marcel marceau yeah. panto yeah and uh, that's what fascinates me i must admit yeah that's right yeah yeah so you know this is what we're saying you know if you have stuff out there that you can contribute to these kind of projects now is the time to do it because this is where the interest oh, yeah. is at its highest i think um, yeah and of course we're working on the 1928 and 1929 film at the moment we have very good material for almost all of the films but my guess is that there are rare things yeah. uh, that exist. Uh, I, I would like to, I've, I must say I have not tried yet, but to put my hands on uh, the uh, amateur stuff uh, shot on the golf course of Should Married Men Go oh, Home. Yes, yeah. So that, I think that's on YouTube. Yes, uh, it is, yeah. And, and uh, I, I would like to show good quality material on that. I mean, you, the YouTube thing is a uh, post is ugly and... Uh, yeah. We could do much better. And, I mean, the idea of being with the boys on the shooting, wow. Yeah, that would be a great yeah. extra, wouldn't it, actually, for that uh, for that set? Yeah, it would be. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, okay, so, so yeah, so we're starting with uh, with Lucky Dog, and then we're going through to uh, Duck Soup. Well, Duck Soup, I have explained. Yeah. The first 
uh, official Lauren Hardy film. Of course, we're showing 45 minutes from Hollywood. Uh, well, everyone knows the thing. We have, re, of course, re-injected the Stan Laurel scenes from the Black Hawk negatives. I must admit that the uh, our big uh, uh, or strong point was that we have access to all the Black Hawk films material. Right. Uh, that includes the negatives, of course, and the preprints. Uh, Black Hawk, when they did uh, 16 mil releases, at the time in the 50s and, and 60s, they had access to the camera negatives that were still there. Yeah. And so they would take those negatives, make 35 mil fine grains or 16 mil fine grains of the camera negatives in the shape they were at at the moment. Right. And from that, all the prints that we have in Super 8, 16 and so on derive with the removed titles, with scenes removed or changed or whatever. So, but we have all that preprint material that is uh, 70 year old. Right. And of course, we are the first ones to have access to that. So that helped a lot. Yes. Uh, the Academy of Motion Picture has helped a lot. The Library of Congress has helped a lot. Uh, MoMA has helped a lot. Uh, the other archives, it's not that they didn't want to help, but they didn't have much material that they okay. could uh, uh, deliver. UCLA has some material, but they didn't have clearance. Uh, but we found our way to uh, about the same material. So that was fine. No, no big loss here at all. Um, and of course, all the archives and collectors throughout the world, which was which was amazing. Uh, it's beyond belief. So, so uh, duck soup was preserved from. Uh, so you have I, I explained that BFI nitrate print, the UK release, the opening that initially came from a Belgian uh, re-release uh, sound print, finally ended up coming from Fina, the uh, Polish archive. Uh, plus a censored scene uh, of nudity, uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, that that's it, you know. And Library of Congress stuff. So at the end of the day, that's what we have. That's good. Um, and what is the film after? Uh, Slipping uh, Wives. It would be. Yeah. Well, Slipping Wives. You know, none of none of my favorite film, very primitive in in the relationship with uh, Lauren and Hardy, but uh, the quality is stunning. We we managed to find a French re-release title okay. with the soundtrack that we include in the in the DVD set, okay. but in the Blu-ray set. But sorry, but uh, the sharpness of the image is stunning, Great. and it is so sharp. And I've never seen the film that sharp. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, that, that film it. is one that it's grown on me over the years. Slipping Wives. <clears throat> I remember watching it on, <clears throat> excuse me, on VHS when I first had it, and thinking, "Oh, I don't like this." Um, and yeah. then I watched it again as I start to write about it. And actually, there's there's quite a lot in there which is very very watchable and quite you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Of course. Well, they all are uh, in that film and in a few others. You have shots that were missing in our thirty five element. Uh, that survived in 16. Okay. So sometimes you see jump in quality. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden it becomes a bit blurry. You wonder, oh, what's happening? And by the time you you, it's, you realize it's blurry, it's over. Yeah. It's back. But the reason is that the, those shots do not survive anywhere else. Yes, yeah, in 35. So uh, we have to, to juggle. You think, oh, they left that problem. No, no, we didn't leave that problem. We took an enormous amount of energy re-injecting the shot that was there at the origin, but that did not survive in the 
higher quality material. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that in the the Laurel or Hardy set. I was watching, you know, what they say this beautiful pristine print, and then suddenly there was a little bit that kind of went blurred. I thought, what's going on here? Like, oh, there's a problem with the. And I thought, no, you idiot. Of course, it's the sixteen mils. Yeah, in, in yeah, Sousa. I remember Sleuth. Uh, is a film in in the the, the Stan Laurel solo comedy yeah. Sleuth. I don't remember if it is in the uh, uh, Laurel or Hardy. Maybe, but Sleuth survived. Uh, actually, was the original camera negative was cut down to one reel instead of two, so basically reduced a fifty percent. We were fortunate to find a very very uh, bad print, a very very good print in thirty five. Uh, complete, but missing the beginnings and ends of each reel, as usual. And the only place we could find those shots was in a super eight print of probably 15th generation <laughs> we found in Spain. Wow! And, and so you you jump from the original camera negative to super, super eight, eight. generations. <laughs> What am I watching here? But that's the only way to watch. That's right. At least you have it in some form. Yeah, you can follow. Yeah, it. yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's great. So next up would be uh, Love Em and Weep. Uh, uh, Love Em and Weep has something super special. It's the only print uh, that is in the Blackhawk collection for which uh, we have an original material, vintage, from 1927, wow. uh, printed in 1927, showing the original tinting. Oh, wow. And it's a multi-tinting, uh, which is, of course, vintage. Uh, we were missing, because of decay, uh, two or three shots in, in between reel one and two, and a few shots at the beginning of reel two. Uh, here again, we could use, for the missing shots in between the two reels, the uh, dupe negative from Czechoslovakia, but we actually got from through MoMA. And uh, for the missing shots of Reel 2, we had to rely on the Blackhawk 16 mil neg. Uh, but the quality is stunning on Love and Man Weep, and it has these uh, original tinting. Right. Multi-tinting. So it changes. It gets blue at night. It gets, uh, you know, amber uh, when you're inside. There, There's not so many prints that have that multi-tinting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, we found uh, Charlie Chase of 1927 on nitrate, Charlet Philanthrope, uh, why? Uh, I can't remember the, the original title. Anyway, same thing. It was multi-tinted, but I've, otherwise I've only seen like globally amber-tinted, yes. which is black and white with a tone or, or a tint, but that, that will be global. Yes. Uh, here with Loverman Weep, you change from one scene to the other. And of course, we didn't make up anything. Everything was done all, yeah. accurately. Um, why Girls Love Sailors? Same thing. Uh, on that one, except for the last two shots, uh, we could, and I think two or three in the middle, uh, we could find a 35 mil uh, print of the French re-release. We had a, a part two of that uh, re-release. Uh, we found a complete print. Uh, I can't remember where, but uh, it, it's it's very good, super sharp, and and unfortunately missing the track area, which is the seven or eight percent of the left of the image. Right. Uh, when the film was uh, reproduced for French re-release or any kind of sound re-release, the uh, uh, left part of the image was masked by the soundtrack. The soundtrack on on the sound film is optical so it basically covers a part of the original image 
uh, in the silent re uh, uh, release. So basically, you have the a great quality, but the image is more square. And the the reason the image is more square is that the rect the rectangle is missing the left of the left part. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, we just mentioned this one with love and hisses, which does look absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. With Love and His is, yeah, yeah. With Love and His is the one that was super sharp. That film did not survive in good elements. Uh, there were okay 16 mil codoscope uh, material, but that's all there was. Yeah. And here we have Freestyle 35, not a frame missing. Wow. Absolutely. I mean, I mean unbelievable. And uh, when you see uh, the, the, the few frame grabs I've sent you of uh, Stan and Ollie naked, and you yes. can see the. Oh, the it's just. Yeah. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Absolutely Couldn't be better. Yeah. Couldn't be better. Well, well, well. Fancy meeting you here. Why? Are you sure you know these gentlemen? Why, they're buddies of mine. Say, where did you get the swell clothes? Clothes? <laughs> yes. The last time I saw them, they had no clothes on. They had no clothes on? Who is this man? I don't know, Mama. He's an absolute stranger to us, isn't he? He certainly is. Who am I? Uh, you. Plus, you have you have you have all those special effects, animation, the bees, yeah. and then things. So this is funny. You can hardly see, you can almost see how they were designed. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, oh, I can't wait. I mean, I remember watching yeah. the duck soup version, and it was just. It's like seeing it for the first time, isn't it? It, it, oh, yeah. it was such an exciting I, feeling. I rem I remember my first version of duck soup I bought uh, at Blackhawk. Well, I can tell you that story. Blackhawk first found a 9.5 print that was atrocious but duck soup was impossible to see yeah. so they published it explaining that the quality was really bad and and everyone bought that that material then the belgian re-release print in french came up uh roach got a print uh uh because they had a contract blackhawk could borrow that 35 millimeter print but the edge was missing and uh they had to cut the up and down to to fit the 16 mil right. uh framing so at the end of the day it was a french print turned to america with missing parts of the image and missing scenes and everything so it was much better mm. but still not watchable yes uh, that's the thing with new technologies and 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 friendship between archives and collectors that we can get back to the original stuff and do the thing right that's fantastic uh big question on with love and hisses are we able to see who threw that pie into Finlayson's face? Or do that... <laughs> it, do you, can you still see the hand though? Because that's really important. <laughs> uh, we can see it, but I don't know who sent it. Okay, uh, what have we got next? Sugar Daddies would be next. Uh, Sugar Daddies is a very funny uh, film uh, that comes from 35 also. Right. Um, I think it comes from a fine grain made from the camera negative, but in a very uh, cheap way, uh, not cleaning and nothing. So there's a lot of scratches that we had to remove digitally, right. but otherwise the quality of the film is absolutely stunning. That's great. Very sharp. Ah, lovely. Uh, now the next one I'm really looking forward to seeing is one of my favorites of the pre-team film, Sailors Beware. Yeah, uh, Sailors Beware is a rare case where we had 35 and 16, and we used only the 16 material because uh, it was sharper. Okay. 
and uh, the image was more complete. So yes, you sailors beware from sixteen. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, uh, what else have we got? So, and he doesn't show up. <laughs> uh, the second hundred years. Now is that is that multi tinted? Mm, uh, yes, it is multi tinted. But this for this one, we didn't have an original multi tinted right, print. Right. Our two sources, <clears throat> or three sources, or four sources are uh no three uh we had uh, uh um robert youngson reduction print he made in 1957 that we got through john uh we had the camera negative uh, uh reduction fine grain uh in the black oak collection right. uh made six or seven years later but the the quality of the image was better but uh the film had decayed severely in the seven years uh that in the, between the two printings. So we had to jump from one to the other. And of course, whenever it was possible, we used the uh, Robert Youngson 35 millimeter material that he uh, included in Golden Age of Comedy. So uh, uh, we jumped from very, very super good 16 to very, very super good 35. It hardly shows. And uh, we had a clip from uh, the Library of Congress uh tinted but one block tinted solidly tinted uh about reddish or something bizarre uh and in the uh uh script uh it says that there is we had we have the shooting script and it says here starts the blue tint and here it stops so because of that we could inject it because it, we had evidence that it was uh, intended to be tinted. Right, gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, are you, are you, and this is the set presenting these in chronological order as they were released? Yes. Right, yes. I was going to say, yeah, I was just wondering yes. the, the, the order. Okay. Uh, so the next one would, is Call of the Cuckoo? Yes, of course. Uh, for that one, that's bizarre because everyone knows very, very uh, decayed material. Mm. Uh, we spent a lot of time uh, restoring the image. Uh, the the elements we have we had three different negatives with three different uh damages right uh and uh so we uh, three different fine grains sorry uh and so we could uh assemble something fairly complete mm. uh the film is just as if it had been shot yesterday wow uh, it's it's that's fantastic what can i say it's you never have that yes yeah. You you can't have that. Even probably in 1927, you couldn't get that quality. <laughs> and of course, the film is stunning because of 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 uh, Max Davidson and 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 uh, uh, Charlie and Finn and and yeah, all together. <laughs> wow, it's so good. Uh, you know, I wish we had the outtakes. I'm sure they made a lot of jokes. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Uh, it would be wonderful. Yeah. yeah, act foolish. And they probably did a lot of stuff yes. that was removed because, of course, they were not the stars of the film. That's right. uh, but otherwise, uh, uh, I, I think we, we're missing a lot of uh, oh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, def definitely. <laughs> uh, do detectives think? Yeah, do detectives think comes from uh, Black Hawk and the Pathé Foundation in Paris. They had a complete print totally amber uh, nitrate, which was actually the preprint from for the 9.5 release. So they used an original 35 millimeter print 
and they included French titles, and then they made a reduction printing 9.5 negative. Right. And they kept, they retained that original 35 millimeter print oh, wow. that we could use. Brilliant. The problem is, is that the entire reel too was covered with three or four vertical white lines that we couldn't remove digitally. And we were very fortunate that in the, the Blackhawk collection, for some kind of reason, there's a dupe negative only of reel two. <laughs> so, you know, usually you find a real if you find a real is the the same one that was in good shape in the other element yeah. in this case uh yeah. they two matched and and assembled perfectly fantastic so you were fortunate yes yes there's one yeah. little thing there's one scene where uh uh who's the actress um uh, don't remember the, uh, oh it's uh, uh, viola richard maybe uh <laughs> why do i have in mind that is vivian auckland okay well anyway you're right and and she stands up and goes to the door and that that shot is missing in our that's, element that's right yeah. and we have it's very short it's maybe three seconds yes. uh we found a, a terrible quality element of, of that right. uh, but the french material was missing it the american negative was missing it Every codoscope stuff we could find was missing it. So at the end of the day, we thought, oh, well, you know, it's so minor and it would be so distracting. Right. And it's so unimportant yeah. that at the end of the day, we just should, shouldn't put just it. Leave. And we even thought, well, let's do an extra with those, those three seconds. But yeah. who cares? Yeah. It's just so unimportant. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's fair enough. We could get on board with that. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So we got putty pants on Philip. A big favorite. Yes, of course. Uh, putting pens on Philips comes from same thing. Both 16 mil uh, uh, Black Hawk negative, 16 mil reduction print from uh, uh, Youngson uh, and John Marsalis. Mm -hmm. and, and with those two, you have all the scenes, super complete, all the original titles. I mean, we basically have how the negative looked in 1956. Right. We well, it still looked okay. You know, it's only 30 years after the film yeah. was made. So, yeah, we we're very fortunate that John could provide that material. Yeah. You know, as you know, in, in the Blackhawk prints that we all have, there's a lot of decay. The titles are removed and replaced. Mm. So it, it, it's our favorite, without a doubt. It's one of those films where it's just above the roof. Oh, but um, now we have it back exactly how it was originally and not substantially as it was released yeah. in 1927 yeah. we have it real that's great that's superb um and uh i think we've got two left battle of the century well we all know the story of battle of the century yeah. so i guess there's good for me too yeah. we we uh use uh thanks to jeff joseph and Donald sozin we use the orchestral score that uh donald scored for uh the jeff joseph's uh uh, sound films, you know, the early sound films. Uh, Jeff was super elegant. We had lunch uh, two days ago in Paris. Uh, and I live in Paris, so that's the reason why. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and and he, he said, you know, you're going to do the silence, I'm going to do the sound. But for Battle of the Century, this, I, I, I can't help it. Yeah. I, I, I must include it in the set, which was absolutely fine. So we did our own restoration uh with the same based on the same material uh we changed uh, one or two things 
in the titles in between with the Eugene Pallet oh, yes. yeah. because the problem is uh we don't have we have only two steals and 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 with those two steals you cannot reconstruct the the scenes as it was intended to be yes. so you have to basically summarize it and so we found a different way of summarizing it but it's just reconstruction yeah. and otherwise you know real world survives in in 35 very high quality thanks to black hawk films yeah. uh because they were the ones who brought that material and and thanks to leonard malton uh who identified that print at moma the pr moma sent the print to uh black hawk black hawk made that reduction negative six uh, 16 that we all have uh because in the 80 70s they published that mm. uh, they probably ruined that element while uh, doing the printing. And now that element went back to LOC, then is now at UCLA. And I was told that it is in such a terrible condition right. that they had to go back to the uh, uh, Library of Congress uh, dupe negative, which is what we did. Yeah. And uh, the quality is sparkling. That's so great. this it's no problem. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. And then the final film, we finish on a high, Flying Elephants. <laughs> wow yes uh of course uh flying elephants uh is one of those stunt reconstruction reconstruction stunt uh that we could achieve well we found a nitrate print almost complete uh of a french sound re-release so it had the the left part of the image missing the titles were in french and and michael agee when he did his lost films of lauren hardy borrowed that element and we uh, let it go uh, but only with a little logo on the bottom right, right. and it's, it's funny to see that every copy on YouTube has either this logo or a bigger logo that covers our logo <laughs> but of course there's no way to remove our logo yes. uh, so now in, in this case uh, we were very fortunate that we could first of all scan in a much better quality than nitrate, yeah. uh, which covers most of real one. Then uh, Jeff Joseph and the PHI Packet Humanities uh, Institute had a fragment on nitrate tinted of real one and part of real two. And, you know, it's it, it may seem ridiculous, but I realized that in the Black Hawk collection, there was a uh, real real two of flying elephants that said uh dupe negative 16 and and there was a line this may be actually 35 you should check <laughs> so we checked and it was actually vintage stunning oh, glorious wow. 35 so yeah th that one is is absolutely magic and and the stories that randy scredvit uh tells of what was shown, what was shot, where, yeah. and the story between Pathé and 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 Leo the Lion MGM, uh, it, it is really really super interesting. That's great. Uh, I must say that Randy Scredvit, uh, who has of course written all those books and and has such a knowledge, I'm sure you speak with him oh, every yes, day. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, has offered us a commentary track, uh, continuous on all the films, and it's stunning and amazing. Such a knowledge such an enthusiasm yeah. and and such a a, a charm yeah. that it gives to the film i i it lifts the film for the the 
those who, who want to know more, right. you know. Yeah. If, if you want to turn it off, of course you turn it off. But the commentary tracks of Randy are stunning. That's fabulous. No, he, he is absolutely. Well, he's unique, isn't he, Randy? He's fantastic. Oh yeah. He's been on. He's been a guest on. Usually on our on the podcast, each episode looks at a particular film, and I'm covering. Yeah. I'm covering all the films uh, in chronological order as they were filmed rather than released. And Randy's probably oh. he's been on more than anybody else. He's just you, you just Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not even trying to 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 discuss with him or at least sustain some kind of conversation because yeah. he, he kills me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> everyone we all have our stunt. Uh he he knows more. Uh I know more about finding films. Yeah. Some people know more about restoring, some people know more about music. That's why it's teamwork. Yeah. Uh yeah. you know, uh and uh I like that. Yeah. Oh, when it all you know, comes together, it's brilliant. Yes, it's like watching a film solo, uh, sitting by the projector is never half as fun as it is with watching with friends. Yeah. And even if we, if we know the film already, we all laugh at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so we so we talked about uh, audio, uh, sorry, commentary tracks. The audio scores, yeah. uh, we do have new scores again composed for these. Yeah, films. well, we, we did new scores because the old scores didn't match the new restorations. I mean, the new restorations always had new elements. Right. So we asked... Uh, uh, Eric Legan had done uh, 45 Minutes from Hollywood and, and uh, Lucky Dog a long, long time ago. We used these scores. Otherwise, uh, we have uh, Neil Brand. Oh, yes, uh, he's, and, he's been a guest on the podcast as well. We've had Neil on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, Neil is great. Yeah. Antonio Coppola, super great also. We, I love those two guys. And, and of course, I mentioned Donald Sosen for... Uh, Battle of the Century. Then we, uh, whenever it was possible, we uh, provided the original French uh, re-release track of the 30s. For example, I think it was uh, Sailors Beware. I think there was a song uh, that in French that opened the uh, oh, wow. the credits. So we have that. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and of course, we restored those those tracks. Yeah, fantastic. So, uh, oh, that's great. That's, interesting. Yeah. that's brilliant. So how long have you been working on this project, uh, Serge? Well, you know, forever, I must admit. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, every time I would discuss, watch a film with uh, Lauren Hardy, I would I would uh, consider it uh, being part of my life. Yeah. Now, uh, we really work actively. We've, we've been working actively for three years. Right. We started about COVID, COVID time. Okay. And uh, yeah. Okay. So you've you've had your eye on the twenty the nineteen twenty sevens for public domain release and getting ready well, for that. Well, you know that that's something that stuns me. Uh, the the people who own those films mm. could have done that for years, yeah. and they never yeah, did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, we are not public domain chasers. Mm. To tell you the truth, public domain is more a problem than an asset. Yes. Because if you release a film that is in the public domain, you do a restoration, and then uh, if someone steals it, you have to prove it's your restoration. Right, right. It becomes embarrassing and and so on. So uh, of course, you, I mean, respectful people yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Uh, but so we have a deal of distribution for the older Laurel Hardy films for friends mm. with uh, uh, Beta Taurus, uh, but. Of course, the gathering those 1927 films has been the continuous work that I've again I've started years and years ago. Yeah. We actually started restoring, gathering, scanning, writing about three years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. Okay, so um, 
well, this is a, this is a daft question. I was going to ask you because I don't think we need to do this. But what what would you say to convince fans that they should invest in this new set of restorations? I mean, I think just listening to what we've just been speaking. Well, I have about, something. I have something easy. They have never seen the silent films of Lauren Hobbs. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Never. Yeah. You think you have? Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> I would totally agree with that. From what I've seen already, I would absolutely. Oh agree yeah. With that. Oh yeah. That's a really good tagline. You should you should you should run with that. That is perfect. Um. So just to sort of sum up what I'd love to ask you, actually, Serge, is what, what is it about Laurel and Hardy that makes them so special to you and that makes you want to sort of go to such extremes and take so much time and effort to preserve their work? Well, two things. First of all, the Fred Diabolo story I mentioned yeah. when I was frustrated because I can go to see that film. So Laurel and Hardy had something special. And then I must admit that uh, because I love the boys and uh, I wanted to see them, but there was no Super 8 films available except in the u.s right uh through black hole yeah. so i would uh ask a cousin in chicago to buy films in america and then ship them to me in an envelope and so every christmas and every uh birthday i would pay and have my print of mostly black hawk stuff and mostly laura and hardy right so that's why they are so special to me you know yeah. and i ended up having all of them in good quality good super eight Prince, then 16, then blah, 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 right. then French dub, then... So, you know, it's a bit naive. It's part of my childhood. And again, it has Stan Laurel, who's so talented and so inventive, especially in The Silence. Yes. I mean, The Silence films are probably the most important films they've ever made. Yeah. And when you think of Bratz, which is basically a silent film, yes. yeah. uh, except for the singing of uh, Oliver <laughs> when he to sing that lullaby yeah. uh, otherwise it's it's the perfect film yeah and it's silent yeah absolutely it's a good point that as, as well Serge and I do think that you know all, all that we've talked about um, with the silent films and with your set in my book that's coming out the silent films have really been neglected for so long totally um, and also and I, they are really the best part yeah they that's the right they are so, as you just said they are so important to, to Laurel and Hardy as a team that's where they were created that's where they were born that's where they developed to become and that's where they were the more creative yeah because they didn't have to deal with the sound yeah. they, you know and sound be all of a sudden it became cheap yeah they were always in their home with wifey yeah. and everything <laughs> that's right it, yeah. that's dull yeah yeah absolutely right so uh, it, it's just so it's it's really wonderful to be able to, you know, to shine a light on these films and to bang a gong and say, look, everybody, because I know there are so many, I've said this before, there are so many fans out there. I've seen the comments on social media that they don't give the silent films a second glance. They won't even bother to give them a first glance in some instance because they cool. just think, oh, silent comedies, waste and, of time. And, and, and they say they are Lauren and Hardy uh, lovers. Yeah, or that's special. right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But so so I'm really, really hopeful that by by, you know, having this new set, as you say, if you haven't seen, well, you haven't seen this yet. But when you have, this is when you will actually appreciate it. Yeah, I think it'll films. be released in the US uh, at the end of July. OK, good. Yeah, uh, we're not in the printing yet. I still have to proof check one or two things. Yeah, that's well, that's that's and the world premiere. The world premiere of three films will be in the San Francisco Silent Film Festival. Oh, great. Okay. That's yeah. wonderful. Okay, brilliant. Um, so do you want to just give a shout as to where people can actually go to order the Blu-ray set, Serge? Well, Flickr Rally, uh, or wait for a local publisher. Uh, uh, but I guess uh, they are available at flickrally.com. 
That's probably where they are. It's called Lauren and Hardy Year One, 1927. And uh, if they have found the Laurel or Hardy uh, DVD, that's the same place you can find the uh, Lauren Hardy Year One. My, my order is in. Was it, it was in on the opening day, I think. <laughs> as soon as it was released, that was it. My pre-order was in. So Thank you, Patrick. Cannot Thank wait. You. Cannot wait. Um, <laughs> now, before I let you go, Serge, uh, there is one question that I have to ask you. I ask all guests, and that is the yeah. atoll question. So oh. you are about to be stranded on a deserted atoll, but you are being allowed to take with you four Laurel and Hardy-related items with you. The first is a silent short. The second is a talkie short. The third is a feature film. And the fourth is a Laurel and Hardy related book. So can you give us your choices and give us an explanation why you're keeping them, please? Yes. Okay. Uh, the first, the, the silent short would probably be Battle of Century. Okay. That's not, uh, nothing very special here. But uh, uh, it because it goes beyond Laurel and Hardy, it has all the routine, the the timing and everything. Oh, let me tell you a short story about this. Uh, when uh, John... Uh, identified the uh, second reel of uh, battle. I knew for the film by heart. Uh, he sent it to me in France, and I received it. And God, this <laughs> reel too. And I had the scanner at at Lobster, so I put the film on the scanner just by myself, just to watch it. And 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 I watched the film, and it's dreadful. <laughs> it was so bad. Right. Not a laugh. <laughs> and I, thought, why are they doing this? How could they find that funny? But it was too late, you know, the ball had started rolling and and the film was already planned for Telluride world premiere wow. and in 2015, and I had accepted to play it. And here I arrive in Telluride and, and, and of course the, these guys don't know that the film is dreadful. You have uh, uh, David Pierce, uh, Brad Bird, uh, 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 Spielberg, Leonard Maltin. I mean, you know, the the, the usual crowd of Telluride uh, <laughs> attending the lost Lauren Hardy film that they had all ever wanted to see. Yeah. And, and I stopped the screening and I stopped playing. And actually, I realized uh, while the as, as the, the screening was in progress that what was missing, the ingredient that was missing when I was watching the film was the audience. Right. The timing is made to match perfectly the lofters of the audience. So give them time right. Right. off and, and then bounce on the next joke. And it, it's like a chair where you have only two pods. It falls. If you have a third pod, then it stands. And um, so, yeah, th that's the films with which I've learned the most. Yeah, that's interesting. And they do, you know, we, we again, we've said it, and a lot of the guests say, it, when you see these films with an audience, it, it's they, they transform. It, it, it blows the roof. Yeah, absolutely. That's very interesting. That's a great answer. Great answer. So for your talkie short. A brat. A brat. Because it's a silent short. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I must admit that I love brats because... First of all, that's the first film I got in Super 8. Right. So I've watched it about 5,000 times. And I was stunned when I when I uh, uh, watched the version that uh, that uh, Jeff Joseph and Kit Parker released. Because uh, what I knew and what I, what I thought was the actual track was actually the re-release track produced by uh, Charlie Tarbox right. for classic films uh, or film classics. But uh, uh, Jeff 
could find the original track, which is completely different. Right. And that's super bizarre because I actually prefer the re-release track yeah. just because that's the one I have to. been working yes. on. Yes, yeah. I'm used to. Gotcha. So that's very interesting. And that film, I'm, I mean, Laurel Hardy being the kids and the, the fathers <laughs> staying at home and doing all kinds of nonsense. It's, it's, I love them. If you brats don't get to bed, I'll break your neck. Don't talk to them like that. Treat them with kindness. You'll get more out of them. Remember the old adage. You can lead a horse to water, but a pencil must be led. I guess you are right. Now listen. The first one undressed and to bed gets that nickel. Got one of my favourite gags of all time with the roller skates down the down. Of the course, stairs. when he goes down the stairs. <laughs> See what a little bit of kindness will do. You're right. A little kindness goes a long way. <clears throat> It's classic. You're that, you're, you, can, you can't help I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big, big fan, totally weirdo of, of uh, uh, Lauren Hardy. I mean, I do many, many other things, yeah. but the boys, well. Every time. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah. And it is it is that kind of, it, it always sounds silly to say, but it's that relationship you feel you have with them. You know, if you've had a bad day, yeah, yeah. you put the boys on yeah. and you feel like you're with friends and everything's okay with the world again. But that's the reason I also understand that the uh, young kids do not relate. Yeah. With Lauren Hardy because they have never been introduced. Yeah, my my two young boys love them, absolutely love them. Yeah, of course. I'm raising well, them right. My love them too, but with are not exactly the average. No, uh, <laughs> iPad. That's right, exactly, exactly. Well, I was the weird kid at school, so they can be the weird kids at school as well. Okay, <laughs> okay, and I think we know the answer to the next one. Your feature film. On yonder rock reclining. The low uh, on the yonder rock reclining the the bandit's time in his hand his cob I hold tis his best friend of all tremble Meanwhile, the storm is beating a while, hear echo repeating. Diablo, Diablo, Diablo. Fred Diablo. Fred Diablo. Diablo. Yeah. But the laughter scenes in the end. Yeah. I tried not to laugh. Yes. They are so good at those laughter scenes, though, aren't they? How, how they do it, it's just... Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody to know. Now brace up.
stuff yeah is one i gotta say fra diavolo is my favorite certainly of the um the sort of the operette the comic operettas um, yeah, yeah hands down um it, you know i'm not such a big fan of of the songs of the desert or our relations i don't know why they are more they, they seem more standard to me mm. and and uh, even bonnie scotland <laughs> Really, for me, the la creme de la creme is the beginning. The, the you know the core. They were adding to 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 their characters, but it was not really necessary. I think they lost a lot when they got the sound. Uh, they turned to a new set of 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 characters, uh, but you couldn't do liberty on 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 the with with sound. No, no. Uh, well, Harold Lloyd tried that, didn't he? I mean, he tried to remake the high-end yeah. stuff with sound. Uh, was... See, Pete first. Yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. That's great. Maybe not disgusting. <laughs> Sorry, Sue, but uh, not terrible. Oh. Uh, brilliant. No, but I think the, certainly the early feature films. I, I I do prefer the earlier feature films. I mean, I love. I do love Sons of the Desert, and I love Way Out West. I know of our relations as well. Oh yeah, we're out west. We're out west is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. okay. It's just okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. It's okay. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Brilliant. And it has the tickling, the tickling. Like, ah! That's it. More laughter. Yeah. So they so, yeah, yeah, I like. I like it. Um, and and feel. And of course the dancing. Oh. Which is a moment of magic. It is, and of course it's pantomime, isn't it? At the end of the day, you know. It's, yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and so your final choice is your Laurel and Hardy related book. Well, you know, of course, uh, it will be your book to come. <laughs> Wonderful answer. <laughs> or, or Randy Scratchwood's next book. Yes. So I, at least I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's one book I would like to 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 bring also said that will make three is the French release uh of the by Henri Verrier of the um um Bill Everson uh book okay. that he made probably in the 60s because I remember watching reading those lines saying this is a lost film oh this film is rare uh I've seen only part two this is and and of course I've read it so much that all the pages are falling Again, apart. Yeah. Uh yeah. and and it it makes me uh think of how much work has been done mm -hmm. in 60 years and how Bill Everson would be proud of what we all have done together for the boys. Oh, what a great answer. What a great mm -hmm. answer. I'm tearing up. 
<laughs> brilliant no that's fantastic so thank you so much for that um and that is it so that that's all the questions that i have for you um so okay. i am going to i'm going to let you go and uh, and have uh, have a little bit of a rest <laughs> thank you very much i'm going to dinner it's been so it's been uh, absolutely wonderful so thank you so much for joining us thank Sirs. you patrick bon we'll... courage with your book thank you so much uh, and uh thanks for your interest and again if someone has special stuff on 1928 or 1929 film we're in production of the next year year two yes and uh and uh it will be equally stunning i'm sure oh i'm sure about that so if anybody does have anything and they're not sure how to get hold of you if they come to me i'll pass them to you so we'll, we'll thank we you we shall Patrick. do you a deal wonderful thank, thank you, you. Well, there we are. And if you're anything like me, you'll be even more eager now to get your hands on a copy of this Blu-ray. And I have to say, it's way past time that the boys' silent films really did get the respect that they deserve. Now, don't forget, if you want to hear more about the set from Serge, there is a great Q&A session available to Patreon members, as well as a fun discussion in which I get Serge to banish three Laurel and Hardy films to Bogeyland. As usual, you can find links to everything in the show notes and on our website, laurelandhardyfilms.com. Next time, it's back to business as usual as we focus on the next film in Stan and Babe's canon, the 1929 silent short, Double Whoopie. So that's all for now. Uh, all that's left is now to thank today's special guest, once again, Serge Bromberg. Thanks to the Bohunks Orchestra for the wonderful music. And as always, thank you for listening. And until next time. It's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye from him. Goodbye. And it's a very goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye.